out there? Can you hear me now? <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that uh, we have another day to serve God. Another day to serve the Lord. Another day to look into the Word of God. Another day to gather, to pray, to worship. It's an honor to serve God. I don't know about you, but uh, I appreciate life in God more and more, especially uh, the older we get. <laughs> so God's granted us another year of life, and that's awesome. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. Let it go forth with accuracy, Lord God, with love. Let it go forth in a way that your people would be built up, inspired, encouraged. In Jesus' mighty name. Help us with direction. In Jesus' name, amen. You could bring down the volume just a little bit. It's going to feed back a little bit. Tonight I'd like to talk to you a little bit more along the line of godly wisdom for everyday living. This would be part three. We're going to talk about knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. They oftentimes appear together in scripture. Let's look at our first text, which would be Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 through 4. And tonight there is no CIA because thank God we've got uh, VBS and it has been a blast down here. I, uh, I, I turned photographer the other day and boy, it was really interesting. <laughs> I was trying to get a bird's eye view and trying to capture something for us. But they're having a blast. And I just want to thank God for all of the folks that have dedicated their time. It's still going. When is it? Is it, is it tomorrow and Friday? Right on. It's tomorrow and Friday. So we want to lift up the workers, those that are ministering, and the kids, there, that they would be really, really blessed. Amen? Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 through 4 in the Amplified Bible says this, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built, and by understanding it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. It becomes evident to me that when you see so many broken homes and failed attempts, failed relationships, failed projects, um, we see that we're deficient in wisdom. And uh, we need wisdom desperately. And thank God he has been made unto us. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. And God is not the withholder of wisdom. He's the provider of wisdom. And we've had several sessions along that line. And, and that's really good. But tonight, let's look at this dynamic trio. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. I'll use slightly different verbiage so that it stays fresh. But at first glance, it seems that the authors of the Bible use the words wisdom, knowledge, and understanding almost interchangeably. But a closer uh, look and closer examination shows a difference in the way the three terms are used. Now look at these. We sort of uh, looked at this before, but knowledge, we would look at that as the facts. The facts. Understanding on the other hand, would be the ability to translate meaning from the facts. To be able to find an interpretation, if you will, of the facts. So that you have understanding of it. And then third, the third part of the trio is wisdom. And that is knowing what to do with the facts and the understanding about the facts. The timing, knowing what to do in certain given circumstances. 
You see, those with knowledge are able to collect, remember, and access information, but it's possible to have knowledge and lack understanding and wisdom. Someone might have the facts, but not know what they mean or what to do next. Now, that's, that's got to be really frustrating. And there's a lot of people in the world that have a lot of information. We live in the information age. Amen? I'd like this to get a little closer. There we go. We live in the information age, but see, without understanding and without wisdom, it seems the cycle is incomplete and we make mistakes and people get hurt and things fail. But you see, God never intended us to just have knowledge. If, you, if knowledge alone was enough, then, uh, you know, uh, it would be it would suffice and people would be doing well. All you have to do is 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 get an uh, get information about a certain uh, topic uh, that where you need help and 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 then and everything would work out. But unfortunately, knowledge alone is not enough. Now, those with understanding, on the other hand, are able to extract the meaning of the information. They see through the facts to the dynamics of what and how and why. And understanding is the lens which brings the facts to that crisp focus and produces principles in that. And that's great. But it's those with wisdom that know what actions to take next. And God wants to bless and has blessed us with all three. We can operate in all three of these virtues and they do the right thing. We can do the right thing in a given situation. Now, check this out. In contrast, there, there are many who have great knowledge and understanding, but consistently do the wrong thing. Let me read a quote by Charles Spurgeon. He said, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. For there is no fool so great as a fool as knowing as a knowing fool. <laughs> In other words, you have a lot of information. But to know how to use the knowledge is to have wisdom. I think we've said a lot of the same thing again and again. But anyway, we're building a case to apply ourselves to all three of them. Amen? Now, there's a little table that was produced that I found that knowledge gives you facts, understanding gives you meaning, and wisdom tells you what to do next. Another way of looking at it is that knowledge gives you information, understanding gives you principles, and wisdom gives you application. Let's do a third one. Knowledge is like, is, is like memorizing something. Understanding is like reason where you're able to, to, to manipulate those, those, those uh, facts and, and reason it out. But wisdom is the point that gives you action. So it goes from memory to reason to action. Those with wisdom know which principle to apply at a given context. I believe that the people at Heart of the Bay Christian Center can operate in all three of these. That we can always know what to do. At the, we can not only be at the right place at the right time, but also have understanding of what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Amen. I mean, there were people, the sons of Issachar, that had, they had understanding of the times and it's said of them that they knew what Israel ought to do. You know, there's a lot of situations you'll find in business or in family or in education or, or uh, in industry where it seems like something should be done, but people don't know what. You, under, you understand what I'm saying? So God is putting us in unique, in unique positions, which is valued because just like Joseph, 
We can know what to do and bring dimensions of healing and health and salvation to people. And that's one of the, one of the roles of us here on the earth is to bring Christ to people and to bring, uh, bring the good news of the gospel, which in many instances is having the wisdom of God. See, Christ has been made unto us wisdom. Is that right? Notice something really interesting. Sometimes people can misunderstand wisdom and, 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 and they can miss it. The, the wisdom of this world can miss the wisdom of God because sometimes understanding without wisdom can seem contradictory. For instance, in the Bible, you see things like the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. See that the carnal mind that doesn't make sense. I'm going to get to the head of the line and I'm going to be first. But in the kingdom of God, it's different. Wisdom dictates that you put others first. And as you put others first, hello, you, you find yourself in, a, in, in this interesting place where the, the spiritual laws go into motion for you. Those that carnal people, they may not see it, but the spiritual laws are still there. You put others first and all of a sudden God will promote you and you'll find yourself first. How about this one? This is so fascinating in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24 through 25 in the Living Bible. It's, it is possible to give away and become richer. That's Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 in the, the Living Bible. It's possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he himself, he waters himself. I mean, that's a principle that the worldly people don't understand that. But as you cause yourself to walk in godly wisdom and in godly understanding, see, you understand the law. There's a law of sowing and reaping. God is not mocked. Is that right? Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And as you sow to other people, what happens? It gets somehow God finds a way of multiplying it back to you. And you know what? It doesn't depend on the people either. If you're sowing kindness and the person that you sowed kindness to was mean back to you, we don't worry about that. Because we know that we are going to reap kindness back somewhere, somehow, God's going to cause kindness to be reaped back to you. Is that right? You've got a harvest coming back to you. Amen. I want to read something from Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 in the New King James Version. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. Now, I want you to see the three of these in action. Or the correlation that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all, say it, wisdom and in spiritual understanding. Isn't that interesting? You'll find that you're going to find the three of them kind of appearing uh, together very, very often that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Interesting, he, he wants us to be filled with knowledge, the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom. Let's look, at, let's look at another place. Colossians chapter 3. Can you look there with me in the King James Version? It says this, my friends. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How? In all wisdom. There's wisdom in the word. Let it dwell in you richly. 
in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whether you realize this or not, an intricate part of spiritual life and church life, Christian life, is for you to take the Word of God and not only read it and not only speak it, but also sing it. I love what Jack Hayford says. It seems that in the New Testament, it, it seems that us taking the Word of God and singing the Word of God out in spiritual songs seems to be the way that the New Testament transcends the Old Testament as far as making our hearts more conformable to God and us changing. Uh, that You'd find all that in, in the book of Hebrews. Wonderful dissertation. It's not what we're talking about tonight, but it, I want to read something in the book of Colossians, same scripture, but in the Living Bible. This is really interesting because we do this in this church. We take the Word of God And we also sing the word of God. We sing the word of God. Notice what it says here. Remember what Christ taught. Let his words enrich your lives. I have a question for you. Does it enrich your life to allow the word of Christ to dwell in you? Is it fair to say that the person that did not dwell on the word of God and didn't allow the words of Christ to dwell in that they are at a disadvantage? I mean, the people that skip church, if there were 52 Sundays and they came two Sundays, Christmas and Easter, what happened to the other 50 Sundays? I'm just wondering if they are at a deficit because they didn't, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make a point. I realize some people work on Sunday, but I'm, I'm just trying to make a general case that whenever you get a chance, get under the word. And receive it because it's life. Notice what it says here. Let the word, let his words enrich. Some people think, what are those fools doing going to church all the time? All they do is ask for money anyway. They're all a bunch of fakes. Oh, really? Well, I found something when I came to church. I found the word. And I did eat them. And they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. How about you? (laughs) Now notice what it says here. And and by the way, it enriched my life. The same way that it's enriching yours. And notice what it says here. Let his words enrich your lives and make you, somebody say the word, wise. Let it make you wise. The Living Bible. Oh, this is Colossians 3.16, the Living Bible. And it says, let it make you wise. Teach them to each other and sing them out. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to the Lord with thankful hearts. We do that in this church. We, we, I know there's psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, but uh, that's not what the, the, the teaching is about tonight, what those different categories are. But one of the things that we do is that we sing the Word of God. And that helps to enrich us. You should surround yourself with the Word of God in song. You should find yourself singing in the shower. Hallelujah. You should find yourself singing when you're vacuuming. You should find yourself singing unto the Lord with uh, thankfulness in your heart. Somebody said amen. amen. 
So look what it says here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. We're working on something in the New King James. Matthew 7, chapter, verse 24 through 27. Jesus gives the parable. We're talking about letting the word of Christ, right, uh, dwell in us and make us wise. Notice this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, said Jesus, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended. I have a question. Is the rain going to descend? Are there rainy days? Come on, as a Christian. Is everything sunshine and lollipops? Help me out a little bit. No, it's not all sunshine and lollipops on the outside. It could be sunshine and lollipops on the inside. But on the outside, there's rain, friends. There's clouds. But notice this. The rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was what? Founded on the rock. But look at this, everyone who hears these sayings of mine does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended. The rain's going to come, isn't it? And the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. I do not really, I do not rejoice when I hear the calamity, when I hear, uh, it, it breaks my heart when I hear about another marriage breaking up or I hear about another, another person uh, that got hurt or another person that, um, you know, suffered a tragedy. There's calamity all around us. I, 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 it's very difficult to, to, I mean, especially since if you, if you turn on the news, everything, they just seem to slap you with it all. And it's, so, it's almost overwhelming, all the, the bad news. But, but I want you to know something. A lot of people are not building their house on the rock. So you just make sure that you build your house on the rock so the wind comes against your house. And when the flood comes against your house, your house is going to stand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you and thank you for sustaining us. Now look at this. There are some things that Jesus may say to you, the Spirit of God may say to you, and, uh, and they may be very difficult. In the book of John, I'll just save time and kind of capsulize. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you know, you can't really fully partake of me. And then a lot of his disciples got offended and they left. You know, and it's like the only people left were the 12 disciples. So he looked at them and he says, you guys want to leave too? I mean, I thought Jesus was in a church building program. Didn't you? I thought he was trying to build a... But I mean, it, it, see, it doesn't seem right that Jesus... You just, you just, you just cut yourself off. Everybody left. The, the crowd left. So Jesus looked at the disciples. Are you going to leave too? How many of you know that when Jesus may say some things... The Spirit of God may say some things to us... That's not all cotton candy. <laughs> and you know... If we're, if we're honest about it, it's not, it's not always easy to hear it. But if we have ears to hear, we'll continually be founded on the rock. Amen. But of course, notice what they said. Simon Peter answered him and he said to him, Lord, who, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that's what I say. I mean, something, you know, if the color of the paint doesn't thrill you or you don't like the way the platform is or the music is flat, you know, or you don't like the way people dress or whatever at the certain place of worship that you are at. Like, uh, my question to you is, how's the word? Are you listening to me out there in Radio Land and iTunes Land or whatever? How is the word? 
Because you've got, you can, you, the, the color of carpet could be different, the lighting could be different, the music style could be different, but if you don't have the word, you've got, somebody say nothing. You've got nothing to build with, nothing to build on. Now let's go into some applications. These are the how-tos, which I find kind of, uh, kind of fun. I think we're going to be able to, I'll be able to model for you the three things in operation. That's knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. All right? Let's, let's look at, uh, first of all, for employees, employers, or team members. How many of you, you work in a team at work, you know, and you rely on people that do their part of the, of the job? And I see people here that are supervisors over employees and, and that sort of thing. Or, uh, you know, it, it may even be the head of the house. You're trying to coordinate the efforts of the people in the house. Listen to this. In Exodus chapter 31, I want you to notice something. How God is the one that gives divine wisdom and divine ability. Look at in Exodus 31 verse, uh, verse 1. New King James Version. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalai, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And notice what it says here. I have filled him with the spirit of God in, say it, wisdom, in understanding and in knowledge in all, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze in cutting jewels for the setting and carving of wood and to work in all manner of somebody say workmanship. And it goes on to say, and I indeed, verse 6, I indeed, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of, oh boy, Asa, I'm sorry, he'll see me in heaven, but I'm sorry, dude, that's a tough one. Ahasamach of the tribe of Dan, that was easy. And I have put, what did he do? He put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. And the principle here is this, friends. There was this, you may think that a plumber or a carpenter or an artist or a computer engineer or a teacher, you may think that these things, oh, these are just things we do. But did you know that if you'll just let his super be on your natural, you're going to be able to build the kingdom of God. And sometimes, how does it look? It looks really kind of... It looks kind of natural. It just looks like this guy went and he made something and it's beautiful. It just, it glorifies, somebody say glorifies God. It just glorifies God. You know, like if you're a designer and you designed a car, a vehicle that, that car goes and everybody goes like, wow, what a car. It's just, it's like, it, it was the, I, I don't know if God designed the 64 Mustang or not, but that's got a line to it that just, you, it just doesn't stop. I mean... They tried to do other things, but don't mess with a good thing. The 64 Mustang is just phenomenal. How many know what I'm talking about? And then they went back 66, and they went 60, and they did weird things with the backlight. I'm like, what were they thinking? Don't mess with perfection. Seems like somebody really had just, everything is just, everybody going. Ah, everybody tried to do that. Ah. You see, God is the one that gives wisdom and knowledge and understanding and different things. I'm going, to I'm going to explain in a few minutes several things where the God gave us in, our, in, in my little life knowledge, 
understanding and wisdom and how it was able to solve some real problems. And I believe that he is the same God. He wants to operate through you to solve family problems, to solve career problems, to solve health problems. Hello, hallelujah. Are you interested or shall we just shut down and go home now? No, okay, okay, come on, come on, come on. All right, all right, all right. So that was really cool. In, in Exodus, it shows that, that the ability, that wisdom to deal with metal and to deal with wood and all these little artistic things, it was a gift. It was direct impartation from God. Did you see that? I like it in Second Chronicles chapter 1, 9 through 12. Solomon asked for God. We talked about this before. How does wisdom come? I want you to notice something. Second Chronicles 1, it, it bears repeating here. Now, O Lord... Chapter 1, verse 9. Let your promise to David, my father, be established, said Solomon. For you have made me king over the people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? And notice what, what God, and in case you didn't know, God told Solomon, just what do you want? Anything. This is like I dream of genie, you know, just just your magic wish. What do you want? What do you want? And instead of asking for any instead of for asking something exorbitant, Solomon asked for wisdom, right? And knowledge. And notice what God said then in verse 11. God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart. I wonder if we would just ask God for wisdom. God, just give me wisdom and knowledge. And you know what? Stop asking God for a high paying salary and start asking God just for wisdom and knowledge and understanding so that I could be a blessing where I'm at. And you watch where that takes you. Everywhere I've seen in scripture where somebody had knowledge, understanding and wisdom flowing through their life. Every time I see it in scripture, those people always go right to the top and they always get the finest. Because God is upon them and he gives wisdom. Every, I have several examples. We don't have time for them all, but let's just see some of this. God answers him. He says, then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart. And you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life. But you've asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. Can you see God gave it? It was a grant. And I, that means that whatever happened, catch this because I know this may seem quite redundant, but we've got to catch this because it's not just a story. Here was a, you could say here was a person that didn't have a clue of what to do. He's, he's young. He's never done this before. Anybody ever been in that position? I've, I hear, you're in charge now. I, I never did this before. I, I don't know what to do. I, and God said, this is granted to you. A, an anointing came on Solomon that changed him into another person and enabled him to do things that he couldn't do in his own. The same way that anointing came on Samson and he's able to rip things and break things and move things and kill lions and bears and all this is the same way that the anointing came on Solomon to judge very difficult cases and deal with really tough things in life. And you know some of the wisdom of Solomon 
because their stories, oh, I can't get into all that. But he had amazing wisdom. The, when, there was a, when there was a famine and two women are arguing over a baby and they said, hey, we, ate, we, we made a deal. We're starving. So we said, I'll tell you what, we'll eat your baby today and then we'll eat your baby tomorrow. I know that was a bad example. Sorry. Anyway, Solomon, they went up to, when it came time for the next day, he says, okay, now let's take yours and because and, we're hungry now, let's, let's take care, let's eat yours, whoever. And they brought this case before him and then he judges on it and he said, who would have come up with this? He said, when he, he said, okay, cut the baby in half and then give one to each. And then the real mother said, no, 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 don't do anything. Let her have him. He goes, that's the real mother. Because he knew, it just, who would come up with stuff like this? It was the wisdom, somebody say the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say, wisdom and knowledge are granted you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as the kings uh, have had, uh, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. And I have, I have news for you. When you operate in the wisdom of God, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, that automatically brings you to a place of preferential supply. I mean, it just happens. I, I, I mean, our opening scripture was in Proverbs. L- l- let me read that to you again, just to refer before we go into some of these, some of these examples. And then uh, uh, we'll move ahead from there. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 said, Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every era be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Okay, let's get into this. Um, we get thrown into a new building and we have these things installed, these lights. So we're, I have about one, two, three, four, five, six... Oh, I have a lot of examples, seven, but let's see how far we get, just so, just so that you see that what we're talking about is not pie in the sky, but everyday wisdom, knowledge, understanding that will help us help you when you just ask God. Look at it said, th- there's the example of TV lighting. Well, we, we, we were, uh, uh, had these things installed, and not shortly after they were all installed in this beautiful facility, they, the light bulbs were going out right and left. But it got to be more than just the light bulbs, the TV lights going out right and left. It also got to the place where the uh, fuses were melting all the way down to the circuit board and the light fixtures were melting. It was like, what is going on here? And I have, we have colleagues that spent, I, I'm serious, it's cataloged over a hundred hours on top of a ladder taking these things up and down and try to play this game and taking dimmer packs up and down the whole thing. It was a puzzle, somebody say puzzle, that we just couldn't seem to crack. But you know what? Whenever you come up against something that you can't figure it out, what should you do? Thank you. Jill said it. Say it. You should pray. If any man lacks wisdom, let him pray. Let him ask of God who gives. So we prayed about it. I mean, it, it, the lot fell to me. And after a cumulative about 24 hours on top of a ladder, not only did it make Mrs. Hernandez not very happy to see me at the top of a ladder, but I realized this, this is garbage. I just had a brand new, uh, newly rebuilt dimmer pack, newly rebuilt lights, newly rebuilt bulb, and everything's blowing up again. But finally realized this is not right. And just a long story short, I had to do a lot of digging because I had no knowledge but what I did I started doing research I started inquiring 
Somebody say inquire. And I don't mean the inquirer, but a lot of times we need knowledge about things, don't we? So we have to be diligent about doing our research. Come on, we can't be lazy in the kingdom of God. We're living for God here. We're trying to promote the kingdom of God and excellent in right living. Is that right? So... um, I, I ended up, th- through the course of I don't know how many months, I ended up going all the way. I was bugging people. I went, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I talked to the engineers that, that made the Source 4 light fixture. I spoke to the Leventon engineers. I spoke to the Osram, the guys that make the light bulbs. Osram engineers. I spoke to the Ushio engineers. And, and I'm saying, how, I got PG&E out here saying, what is going on? This is not right. And everybody, and I spoke to the vendors. I spoke to the installers. And I don't know anything about lighting, but I'm praying. Somebody say, Pastor Tom's praying. And I just, I'm telling you, if you will be persistent and believe God for, somebody say, breakthrough. You will get the information you need. You'll get the wisdom. You'll get the understanding of what is going on here, you'll have, you'll have the knowledge of all the little parts of the puzzle. And then you'll have wisdom, know what to do. Well, what it turns out, I was, I was, I, I, I don't know how many engineers I, I spoke to and they're all pointing fingers. Well, the light bulbs are bad. Well, the light fixtures are bad. Well, the, the, the electricity is wrong. Well, the, so all the components of the building is wrong. I'm like, guys, I've covered this. I, I don't know. I'm, I know that I'm not an engineer and I'm not an expert, but something's wrong here. Somebody, and they're all still pointing at each other. And I'm, and I refuse to give up. I continue to make the phone calls. And one of the engineers I spoke to one of the designers, he said, you know, I, it would have to be the guy at Leviton. He said, well, um, it could be that the dimmer packs are upside down. He just said that in passing. and go like, what? What, 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 what do you mean the dimmer packs are upside down? And, and he says, well, the, the Edison plugs are supposed to be down. And, and if it's upside down, these are convection cooled, etc. And, and if it's mounted upside down, instead of cooling the unit off, it's building the heat up and causing the, fi- the, the unit failure. And I'm going, serious? Are you kidding me? We paid, we paid good money for somebody say professionals. They were not professionals. They were professionals. Professionals. They missed it. We, these people that are supposed to know, I, I don't know anything. You know, and they said, just stay out of the way, son. We're the pros. We know what we're doing. There's a lot of people out there, good people. There's a lot of people out there, good people. But people make mistakes. And even the, per, even the professionals make mistakes. And so I went and I, sure enough, I looked and I said, no. All the dimmer packs were upside down. So Pastor Tom got up on the end of that ladder and started taking the dead dimmer packs down and turning all the ones that still had something alive in them, turning them uh, the other right side up and replacing bulbs, rebuilding lights. And, and then it was this first group. And I went, one week, they're all still alive. Okay, another week, they're still alive. You know what? I think we're onto something. God answered our prayer. You know, in a little methodical way, we sent in all the ones that were dead, not melted, and the whole thing. They rebuilt all of them. And throughout the course of time, we have this. All the lights work, and they've been working. But it was through knowledge, an understanding. You've got to dig sometimes, and wisdom know what to do. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. So this, this right here is a miracle. It's, it, it, to me, it repre- I know to my wife it represents a miracle, and she's so glad I have to be up there all the time. Here's, a, here's another one. 
I had we had a, a radiator we had a Toyota van wagon and I won't share how it happened but we we had a a, a a gasket going if you don't if you know anything about cars there's 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 oil and then there's coolant and there's a gasket in between right His, the guys that know about it, okay and uh, somehow uh, we we made a little mistake here and we put water in the engine and somehow we blew a gasket here I mean it was a little situation never mind but don't ask too many questions but anyway so here we are and the repair is is is, is like fourteen hundred dollars plus you're like serious no 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 way so i was just poking around because i didn't i didn't have any knowledge i didn't have understanding and i certainly didn't have wisdom so i started praying it says god and i didn't have fourteen hundred dollars just <laughs> Just to start, <laughs> you know, I mean, you have a fairly new car and you kind of blow it like that. You know, that's a pretty bad mistake. So anyway, so here I am. I'm like, Lord, what do I do with this? So, I, so, so the first and obvious thing to do was to empty all the oil out. And it, it all looked like ice cream, you know, kind of like, like cream. <laughs> Somebody goes, yeah, I did that before. <laughs> it was horrible. It's horrible. But I, I must have changed the oil like five times in that week, you know, and try to get it to start. But we're still getting oil. And I was talking to somebody at the church. I love coming to church. Do you love coming to church? You know, you can get answers at church. We have some good looking people at church. We have smart people at church. I was talking to a guy. It was Brett Prentice. He was here with us at the time. And he said, he said, you know what? He said, uh, I told him what was happening. He goes, well, you know, why don't you just go get yourself a bottle of Barsley? This was years ago where Barsley would probably be $2.65. Maybe under $5 for sure, but you know, $2.65. So you know what I'm talking about. I put, he says, you just put that Barsley in the, clear the radiator out, okay? Then put Barsley in it and turn the car on and it will find where all the leaks are in that gasket. It'll take care of your problem. Did you know I took that? That, that under $5 cure, put it in the car, it took care of business, that car ran and ran and ran, maybe another 10 years, and we finally sold it to somebody else in good condition. I'd say like, that's amazing. I thought, thank God. I didn't, see, you did what you, you do what you know to do, and you pray, and God will give you what? He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you answers. How, you already know the story about the grinding wheel. We had our car service, and there was this grinding sound. Like I told last time, in case you missed it, we're up in Sonoma getting ready to go like this in, in really crooked, you know, mountainous roads. And I said, something doesn't sound right. And so we went into a gas station, and we said, you know, we can't seem to figure this out. Uh, there's this noise in our car, and the guy turned on the engine. I don't see anything wrong with it. And just as we're leaving and says, well, I guess it, it must be our imagination. I just don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And as we're leaving, right before the door is closing, the guy said, you know, it could be a bolt loose on the, on the wheel or something. And we're like, what? I went over there and, oh, man, my wheels were about to fall off. Unbelievable. And that grinding sound was the wheel going, oh, man. You know, Pastor Tom might not be here preaching this message about the wisdom of God and the knowledge had we not asked and got the will of God or the knowledge of God. Amen. How about this? When we had a broken TV camera uh, some time ago, but I'm just trying to encourage you. You got to do a whole lot more praying, folks. You know, when something goes wrong, it's, oh, no, no. It's just counted all joy when you entered into diverse temptations, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh patience. You know, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. It's going to be all It's going to be all right. It is. Broken TV camera. You know, whenever we have an issue with our TV cameras, I 
I get really tempted because I know that TV equipment is kind of expensive and uh, I, I, do, I do not have poverty mentality. I really don't. But I also don't like it when some, some goofy thing happens and you unnecessarily uh, get shut down. And so I thought, Lord, I don't even know where to start. So I started doing my research again. I started praying, asking God for wisdom. God, you've got to help us. A couple of weeks went by, maybe, maybe three weeks. can't remember, Chris, how many weeks that camera two went down. It was about a month. But I finally got on the... You, see, you know, you need to ask for wisdom. The sooner you start asking for wisdom and, and that God will reveal what to do, the sooner you'll get your answers. Amen? So I thought, I thought hmm... What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? And uh, I don't know. It's just like it came to me. A thought came to me to open up the camera. Have I ever opened up a TV camera before? No. Say it again. Do I know what I'm doing? No. (laughs) But I got brave, folks. I just, I says, okay, God, it can't be any worse than it is now. I felt like the lepers. And I says, okay, just don't lose any screws or anything and don't drop anything. And, I, and with fear and trepidation, I, I open this camera thing. I start opening up the unit because, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, you're holding a piece of gear that I don't know how much it cost back in the day, but that, those were expensive cameras. And, you know, the thought, and I tried to reseat it and it wasn't seating right. And the thought just came to me, maybe some pins are bent. And we're like, what? And those pins are so small, I had to, I confess, I had to get like a magnifying glass. So those glasses, I went like, yeah. <laughs> Put it in the light better. And sure enough, about four or five pins are all. <laughs> I said, really? So I, used, I said, what should I do? And the wisdom of God was right there. Get a pen. How about get, a, get your Pentel pencil. Take the lead out. <laughs> That's a word for you. Get the lead out. Get the lead out and, and very carefully bend those little pins back in place. It says, okay, you break one of those pins, you're in trouble. But you know, sometimes to operate in the wisdom of God, somebody say you've got to be brave. It takes courage. It took courage for Gideon to say, okay, all right, I'll take these little lanterns and 300 guys and we'll yell and blow horns and, and break these things. Okay, we'll do that. And you know, it took courage to do that, didn't it? Yeah. So you got to be brave. Hallelujah. So guess what happened? We straightened out the little pins and after a month of being down, right, Chris? We put it back together, fired it up and it worked. Hallelujah. So we've got cameras that work. Praise God. That's another instant, instance of God answering prayer For somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, that has never opened up a TV camera in their life. And of course, we told the story of Red, Blue, Green last time. In case you missed that one, uh, we're trying to transition from tape into into, uh, solid uh, uh, direct disc recording so that we could, you know, get more with the times and what have you. And we have all this equipment. But for some reason, when we start flying all this, all our TV shots into the Macintosh, everything, somebody say fuzzy. It's nasty. I mean, I'm shooting in 10-bit uncompressed. This is huge, huge files. Uh, If you know anything about computers or files, this is almost 100 gigabytes of information. And, And you fly it into the Mac and it looks 
terrible. You're like, this is supposed to be a Mac. This is supposed to be looking good. And it, say it wasn't looking good. It says, somebody say bad. It was looking bad. So, you know, I was just really trying hard to, to see how we're going to negotiate this problem. And uh, my wonderful wife and that prayer group, God bless you again, Martha and Dad Lasik and all you guys, all you folks that come out. I see a lot of our friends, Lynn, the Phipps and that. You come to that, that noon prayer meeting. They were praying for me that I would get wisdom on what to do. And she knew that I knew that if I could get to what, we, what I called red, blue, green, they didn't know what that meant. Gee, I hardly knew what that meant. Well, I says, if I could just get to component, component and I only got this because I was seeking God for knowledge, for understanding, and for wisdom. I, at least I got this much understanding, that whatever we were using was the lowest on the totem pole. The yellow, which is composite, that's terrible. And I'm not a, I'm not a video expert. I'm getting to be one these days, by the wisdom of God. But I says, I got to up that. I got to get away from that, and I got to move this at least. And I tried, I tried it on super video. Yeah, that's okay, but we got to go all the way. Somebody say red, blue, green. And you know what? It's really interesting. Their prayer group started praying for me. And one day I was waking up and the thought just came to me. God revealed it to me. And of course, if you heard the story already, I went, I'll just go up there and tap the signal in a different place. And all these pieces of equipment, I know, say, I know nothing. Pastor Tom knows nothing about this stuff. I had to to ask God. I'm depending on God for the wisdom of God in every single part of it. And we are able to tap the signal from another spot. In fact, can I tell you the truth? Roy, I don't even know where it comes from. From the Genlock generator? I have no idea. It must be coming from the Genlock generator. But it's like it goes from the cameras to the CCUs, the camera control units, and it goes out in red, blue, green to some mysterious place in that mountain of stuff, this mountain of stuff. And this is what I wanted to encourage you with. Their prayer helped me to see something. Everything that I needed, this bears repeating, everything that I needed to make this more first class, everything that I needed to bring us up to eventually 720p, everything I needed was right there in the room. All the equipment. In fact, it was right on top. It was right there. The cables, the adapters, the thing that splits, you know, it was all in the same room, but I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't put the pieces of the puzzle together. Friend, many of you, you have things in your life that you can't see how it all fits together. But you think, some people think, well, I need more money. That's what's going to help me. No, in many instances, you don't need more money. You don't need a new husband or a new wife. You don't need a new kid. What you need is the wisdom of God. You need knowledge. To come to you, you need understanding of how to put this together and realize that it's right there. In fact, I see a scripture coming up in my spirit, which is, who's going to go up to heaven and get it for us? And then what did, what did the apostle say? He says, the word is nigh you, it's already in your mouth. In many instances, what you need is right in your hand. It's right in your house. For Moses, it was the rod. What have you got in your hand? For the lady that was the widow, it was, go get, go get these containers of oil and pour the oil. The oil will continue to, to, to flow. And until, until the famine, the, 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 the meal and the oil shall not fail. I mean, it was stuff that, friends, we think that we don't have what we need. But the fact of the matter, it might be under our nose all along. And by you praying...
You could, God will show you how to put it together. There were pieces of gear sitting there. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it got there, but it was right on top of like, wow, that's, that's a component distributor, distribution amp. Wow, I wonder if, and, and I felt in my, I, I, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, but I almost felt a duh coming on. <laughs> I, I wonder if I, okay, so if, you, you mean if I, if, duh, if I went to the Genlock generator and pulled the red, blue, green, the Y, Y, R, Y, B out from there, and then I went here, and then I went back into the, duh, I went, <gasps> So I, I found a way to plug it in. I was so excited. And I turned on, and the, the rest is history. It actually worked, friends. God is helping us. I said, God is helping us, and He will help you. I mean, it didn't stop there. It just keeps going. And there was other things about software. I mean, I've never worked on a Mac in my life. You can't be afraid of trying new things. He said to Abraham, get up and go to a land, a new land that I'm going to show you. Behold, I do a new thing, he says in another place in Scripture. I'm going to do a new thing, which you haven't come here heretofore. We cannot be afraid to go to new places. You cannot be afraid to try new things. You cannot be afraid or tentative to take responsibility. Why? Because the hand of the Lord is upon you for good. And just the same way that Daniel, Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach had more wisdom than all the others put together and they were favored because they had something. What did they have? God gave them wisdom and knowledge and understanding for ten times better than the other ones. That was the Spirit of God. The same Spirit of God that was on them is on you. Hallelujah. And somebody was nervous about getting laid off. Hey, if you've got that kind of favor on you, that kind of wisdom, they can't do without you. I don't know if you're getting this. Hallelujah. Oh, I have got to say this. I've got to get to this and then I'll, I'm, I'm going to shut it down. Health. Health situations. God helped us a while back. I, I mean, how would you know this unless somebody told you? It's like God gave, God, there was a time where the devil was trying to steal our voices. We had acid reflux. And God, I just started seeking God about it. And, uh, and he gave me, he showed me what to do. I got knowledge about it. I saw what some options were. Then I, st- I really prayed. Because how many know that if I can't talk and I can't sing, I got a problem. But you know, God answered that prayer. He showed me what to do. Like, stop going home at 11.30, 12 o'clock at night after work, you know, and stop piling uh, a plate of nachos with lots of hot sauce <laughs> till you can't breathe and then go right to sleep on it, right to sleep. Just as soon as you finish, just don't do that. <laughs> I almost feel a duh coming on right there. <laughs> he showed me, no, 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 don't do that. Then he showed me, he showed me things about the sphincter that it's just like, it's just a muscle and if you were to sprain your, your leg, you'd be, you'd be kind of going Going like this for a little while, right? Well, it can't close completely and stop the acid. So from now on, for a while, till you get that thing healed, you have got to stay upright. It says, okay, I'll do this. So there was a long time I had to change things about, I don't have time to go into all that. We're running out of time. But God gave, obviously God gave me my voice back. And the enemy would like to have tried to use it. He tried to snuff you out. He's trying to snuff me out. But you know, uh, uh, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he's going to arise. Yeah. Uh, somebody say, I'm back. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Oh, there's a lot of things. Getting the thumb injury. Oh, Hezekiah. I just wanted to leave you with this story. Hezekiah, at one time, uh, in, in 2 Kings chapter 20, and I'll close with this. In those days, Second <clears throat> Kings chapter 20. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, verse 1. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, Set your house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, I beseech, Lord, remember how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight. Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I heard your prayer. Aren't you glad God hears prayer? I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And on the third day thou shalt go up to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. And I will add to thee 15 years and I will deliver thee and the city out of the hand of King of Assyria. And I will defend the city for mine own sake and for my servant David. Now here is a key component that I missed for years. But this is part of it. And Isaiah, the, and Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil and he recovered. I never noticed that before. Now, I, I, the NIV says this. Prepare a poultice of figs. In the NLT, it says, make an ointment from the figs. Now, God is the healer. He's the one that healed. But evidently... The Spirit of God said, now that you've got your heart right, and now that, that we've got spiritual things taken care of, this will help you. And he says, God, I did a little research on this situation, and without getting too long-winded about it, it's entirely possible that um, Hezekiah had a cancerous growth that was breaking out of the body, just grotesque, okay? And... Uh, they called it a boil, but it was probably some kind of a tumor that, that had already opened up. And there are enormous healing properties in fig leaves or figs. There's a lot of things that God made for, to be a blessing to us. I don't know if you realize that or not. Like pectin in apples. It's phenomenal. Oh, have a little problem with acid reflux? Have a little slice of apple before you go to sleep at night. Ah, pectin is marvelous. It really, really helps you out. But I, I believe in obeying the word of the Lord. I believe in standing in faith. But I also believe if God quickens something to you, do it. I wonder if Hezekiah would have been healed if they said, now we don't, God said to do the poultice, but we're not going to do it. There's a reason why Jesus made mud and put mud in people's eyes. Or there's a reason why he had, when Jesus raised the girl from the dead, he said, give her something to eat. There's a reason why over here, God inspired the prophet to say, now make a poultice and put it on him. In three days, he was back in the temple. Somebody say, he's back. God wants you to win in life. We've got everything we need to live a life of godliness, a life that witnesses to the goodness of God. And not, it's not only just for us, friends. It's also for the people around us. That they would see that we could live, they too can live well and live wisely. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. In order for us to do that, we need to operate in knowledge, 
understanding, and in wisdom. Father, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Father God, that you've helped us with so many things, Lord. As we've laid things on the altar for you, before you, Father. You've been so faithful and you you will ever and always be faithful to us to show us what we need to know. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that shows us things to come, reveals the will of God to us. Thank God for the Word that gives us wisdom and helps us, Lord, to avoid pitfalls. And Lord, we determine in our hearts to seek you in life's, all of life's circumstances. In all our ways, acknowledging you that you would direct our paths. And we will not lean on our own understanding. It doesn't even matter if we won the same battle before. Oh, let's just repeat it and let's just do it again because it worked last time. No, in all your ways, acknowledge him. We do that, Lord. I thank you for manifesting yourself, showing us how to capture the highest amount of God life, hallelujah, that you have reserved for us and given to us, that we might be a blessing and give life away, like Keith Hershey says, in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Let's give God a shout of praise.